Hey everyone, welcome to the podcast for the Vineyard Church in Campbellsville, Kentucky. If you haven't already, we encourage you to check out our audio archive at vineyardcampbellsville.org. You can also subscribe on iTunes or wherever you like to get podcasts. And now, here's this week's message brought to you by Senior Pastor Adam Russell. Hey, good morning, Vineyard. My name is Adam, and of course, this is my wife, Heather. Hello. And this is the fourth Sunday of Easter. And so we want to welcome everybody who is a regular part of the Vineyard. And if you're just streaming in with us this Sunday, I want to say welcome to you as well. If you haven't already done it, why don't you let everybody know that you're here by just dropping a comment in the comment section. Mm -hmm. And if you know someone who's just commented, why not go ahead and say hello? (laughs) We're just trying to figure out good ways to do as much virtual connection as possible. So go ahead and drop a comment there and say hello to somebody. Why not do that, okay? Hey, this is what we're doing this Sunday. We're looking at a really famous scripture from the Gospel of John, just 10 verses here. And I think Heather's going to read that for us this morning. So Heather, why don't you read the scripture to us this morning? We are in John chapter 10, verses 1 through 10. I tell you the truth. Anyone who sneaks over the wall of a sheepfold rather than going through the gate must surely be a thief and a robber. But the one who enters through the gate is the shepherd of the sheep. The gatekeeper opens the gate for him and the sheep recognize his voice and come to him. He calls his own sheep by name and leads them out. After he has gathered his own flock, he walks ahead of them and they follow him because they know his voice. They won't follow a stranger. They will run from him because they don't know his voice. Those who heard Jesus use this illustration didn't understand what he meant. So he explained it to them. I tell you the truth. I am the gate for the sheep. All who come before me were thieves and robbers, but the true sheep did not listen to them. Yes, I am the gate, and those who come in through me will be saved. They will come and go freely and will find good pastures. The thief's purpose is to steal and kill and destroy. My purpose is to give them a rich and satisfying life. Yeah, thank you. That's a really, really famous piece of scripture. And probably if you've been a Christian for more than a minute, and maybe if you've ever read the Bible, maybe you've read this, this little passage, or maybe you've heard it uh, preached or talked about it somewhere. And we want to jump in here in just a moment. But I think there's two things that we need to know straight up front before we jump into our meat of our passage, I should say, anyway. And, and the first thing I think we have to keep in mind is all the things that happened before John chapter 10 and John chapter nine. Mm -hmm. So in John chapter nine, uh, Jesus heals this guy who has been born blind and it creates all of this controversy. And this is actually really important because some of the controversy that's created, it centers on who is Jesus, right? So Jesus heals this blind guy. Uh, He goes to the synagogue. The synagogue rulers are like, well, you know, uh, we don't know who did this. And then they bring him back a second time. And when they bring him back the second time, they press on him. And he goes, you know, I don't know really who did this. I'm pretty sure it was, uh, I'm pretty sure it was this guy named Jesus. And they said, well, we know it can't be Jesus. Mm -hmm. They tell the the man born blind, they say, you should glorify God. We know it can't be Jesus because he's a sinner. And then the end of that passage in John chapter nine, it really centers on who is Jesus. And so Jesus tells this story about being a shepherd or being a gate. He tells this story about being a shepherd or a gate 
in response to the question of who is Jesus or maybe even the idea that Jesus is a bad person, you right. know, that Jesus has healed people, but that somehow that would make him a bad person. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And then the second thing that we need to keep in mind is this. Um, the mixed metaphor that we see right away in this passage. We have Jesus saying, I am the shepherd, but then he also says, I'm the gate. Yeah. So he's shepherd and gate. That's right. Yeah. So it's a simple parable. Yeah. It's a simple parable, but if you read it on the surface or if you read it a couple times, it could be a little confusing because you have this deal where Jesus is mixing the metaphors. Mm-hmm. On the one hand, he's saying, uh, I'm the shepherd. And then, and then when he begins to explain the parable in greater detail, he says, I'm the gate. So the mm-hmm. question is, is he the shepherd or is he the gate? Yes. And the answer is, <laughs> yes, he's the shepherd and he's the gate. Yeah. And so if we, were to put, if we were to put the metaphors together, mm-hmm. uh, I think it would be something like this. I'm just going to read it from my notes. Uh, if we were to put those metaphors together, it would be, it would be this idea, uh, that Jesus is the leader or he's the shepherd. He's the leader. He's the gate. And he's the entry into the good life. That, this whole passage mm-hmm. is about like how to have a rich and abundant life. That's what Jesus says. He mm-hmm. says, the, the thief comes to steal, kill, destroy. I come to give them a rich and satisfying life. Mm-hmm. And so if we put these metaphors together, what we get is something like this. Jesus is the leader and the entry into the rich and yeah. satisfying life. Life. So rather than getting hung up on, oh no, we've got mixed metaphors, which is it? Yeah. Um, it's actually a real gift to go deeper and combine those, and it's a much richer meaning. That's right. It's yeah. Jesus saying, uh, I'm, I'm your way into it. Yeah. But uh, if I'm a shepherd, I'm the way you stay in it. I'm, I'm, I'm going to keep leading you into this kind of life. It's, mm-hmm. not just, it's not just one fixed location. It's this idea of shepherding, which we're going to move, that the good kind of life has some, has some pace to it. The good kind of life has a movement to it. And maybe what was rich and satisfying early in your life may not be rich and satisfying later, and you may have to move to get there. It's some of that idea. I mean, we have some more um, insight into journey once again. That's That's, right. We've hit that every single week lately. Okay, so there it is. Rich and satisfying life. Jesus is the shepherd and he's the gate. Don't get mixed up. It's yes. Okay, (laughs) Uh, that begs the question then, and this is really what we wanted to talk about today. Mm. What is the rich and satisfying life? Yeah, and this is an interesting um, question because we have a couple different angles shouting the answers at us all the time. We have the world and society telling us one thing, but then when we dig into the scripture, we see maybe a quite a bit different answer. That's right. Yeah. What are well, and, and it makes me wonder, like, well, what are some of the ideas? that maybe culture offers us when it comes to having a rich and satisfying life. Right, and I would say number one, Mm. I mean, I think it's the most obvious would be possessions. Like, I think it's, you know, everyone agrees that the more stuff you get, it appears to mean a better life. Yeah. Like money, possessions, property, things. So stuff and money, that would be one uh, level of success that the world might say, would lead to a satisfying and full life. Yeah, in order to, in order to have a satisfying life, the, the, maybe culture says you got to have stuff. You got to have stuff and more stuff. But you and I were also talking, it's not just stuff. Culture mm-hmm. also says something else, doesn't it? It's position and yes. power. It's um, how many people are you in charge of? Uh, who can you boss around? Yes. Yeah, where are you in the hierarchy of power? That's right. Mm-hmm. So 
So part of what culture tells us is a rich and satisfying life is rooted in the idea of possession mm -hmm. and position. Right. But the kingdom of heaven comes and it's sometimes something really different than yeah, that. Yeah, and so the kingdom of heaven presents us with the idea that connection is actually the main thing that gives us a full and satisfying life. Connection to the good shepherd. Yes, mm -hmm. that's it. So here's what I wanted to do. Uh, and I do think that the word connection is, is the key. It's like, what is a rich and satisfying life? Well, mm. it's deeply rooted in the idea of connection. But for those of you who are at home and maybe taking some notes, I've written five ways from this passage mm -hmm. that connection plays out or five things that Jesus says specifically in these first 10 verses that have to do with having a rich and satisfying life. And so I'll just name them now and then maybe we'll talk about them really yeah. quick. Uh, so number one, uh, it has to do with being known. Mm. Being known. Uh, number two, uh, direction. Uh, number three uh, is the idea of constraint. And that's a... Mm. Uh, that's kind of an odd popular. idea. It's that's, real popular. That's an odd idea. Uh, then number four is the idea of community. And then number five uh, is the offer of presence. Yeah. So why don't we just go through these really quick? Is that yeah. okay? Yeah. yeah uh, number one, being known. And, and where I'm getting this idea is from verse three, where Jesus says, well, you know, I'm like this shepherd guy mm -hmm. and I go into the sheep pen or the sheep fold mm -hmm. and I don't just know my sheep and they don't just know me, but I know them by name. Yeah. So he knows the community, but he knows them individually. And like immediately you think of, or I think of parenting. I know each of my kids. They would know if I yelled their name, they would know it was me. Um, if they said my name, I would know it even if they just said mom and 50 other kids were saying mom, I would know it. Yeah. So that's the first um, kind of way you can view uh, being known. Yeah. But as we were thinking about this concept, um, I just had a big birthday not long ago. I don't know if I'll tell you which one. Okay, I turned 40. That's right, Yeah. in December. And we had a big party. <laughs> yeah, so we had some friends over. And um, there was a moment where um, my friends gathered around and they started um, doing toast for yes. my birthday and speaking over me things that they saw in me um, about our friendships together and just really, uh, I don't know, speaking to who I was as a person and man, I felt so seen and I felt so valued. Yeah. And um, when we read this in the scripture about Jesus calling the sheep by name, I had that same feeling like, yeah. oh, the feeling where you know that someone sees you for who you are yeah. and says your name. That's right. Mm -hmm. So part of having a rich and satisfying life and part of the rich and satisfying life that Jesus offers to everybody who's in his care is to be known, yeah. deeply known. In, in other scriptures, Jesus says that God knows every hair that's on your head, mm -hmm. right? Yeah. It's not just that he knows in general, but he knows deeply. Okay, yeah. being known. Uh, direction. Mm. Uh, in this passage in John chapter 10, I think it's in verse three, it says that the shepherd leads the sheep out. Uh, and this idea for me works a couple different ways. Mm -hmm. Number one, it's the comfort that comes from knowing that I don't have to figure my whole life out. Yeah, right. <laughs> for, for real. Yeah, so much anxiety. I, I talk to college kids a lot. Uh, I, especially people who are going through transitions and whatnot, the number one anxiety is when people feel like they have to have their entire life figured out. Yeah. 
And uh, here's a little good news for you this morning. The rich and satisfying life of Jesus is this, that he is your shepherd and he will lead you. And you don't have to have your whole life figured out. Uh, some of the major things like the shepherd is gonna guide and direct you. But then the other side of this is the shepherd will guide and direct you. Yes, you thank know? goodness. <laughs> it, it's, it is a thank goodness, but it's also a, uh, we don't get to make every decision in our life, mm. right? Sometimes the shepherd says, I, this is what I have for you. Mm-hmm. Um, it made me think of this. Uh, I'm the pastor here at the church. Really? Yes. And before I was the pastor here at the church, I was the worship leader here at the church. Mm-hmm. And I'm also the director of Vineyard Worship for Vineyard USA. And as I was just thinking about this passage and this idea that the shepherd is the one who guides and directs, uh, it occurred to me that I never asked to be pastor. I never asked to be worship leader. I never asked to be leader of vineyard worship, uh, all of the vocational things that I'm into, I never asked to do them. Mm. These were things that uh, came to me. Mm. And there's this sense in which uh, there, there, there really is this feeling in my life mm. that God has guided and directed me. Yeah. Uh, there really is this feeling that God has laid out a path for me and I've walked in it. Uh, I remember one of the earliest memories that I have of being a child is, 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 is realizing, I felt like I was called to preach, but, but I didn't know how that was gonna work out. And I used to have a lot of anxiety about that, but it was God who not only put that idea or, that, or I think that desire in my heart to, to preach and communicate the good news, but then also worked out all the details. Mm-hmm. And even to the spot I'm in right now, like I didn't ask to be here. Yeah. Like somehow God has, has guided and directed me. And I've, of course I've cooperated with it, right. but it wasn't like I'm just made it up. Right. You know? Yeah. Yeah. That's beautiful. Uh, uh, a rich and satisfying life is one where the shepherd directs you. Mm-hmm. He, he guides and leads. Okay. Mm-hmm. Uh, number three. Uh, this, is a, this is a weird one. <laughs> but it's the idea of constraint. And mm. this parable opens up with Jesus talking about, I've got some sheep in a sheepfold yeah. or in a sheep pen. They're, right? in, they're fenced in. They're not just wandering. That's right. Yeah. And so right up front... Uh, Jesus interjects this idea of constraint and most of us sort of bristle. Right, because ultimately, I think, I don't know if it's just as Americans or as humans, we think that the ultimate goal is to have no one ever put any constraints on us and we just want to do whatever we want. We think that freedom is, is, is a life of no constraint. Right. You know, or, mm-hmm. or that bliss is a life mm-hmm. of no constraints. Right, right. Yeah. But um, an example of this, I have a little art studio where I teach kids art lessons. And shout out to Method Studio. Shout out to my studio. And um, I have kids from literally the age of two all the way up to high school. So obviously art projects look different all along the way. But one thing I've really learned as kids hit like preschool and up, um, if I will put up some boundaries around their projects, they will learn more and their projects will turn out so good. So for example, a couple weeks ago, we did paintings with um, monochromatic color schemes. So Wait a minute, used, what, is, what is monochromatic? We used one color. Yes, thank you. We added white or black. Yes. So they could only use one color. Yeah. Every single student at one point or another said, oh, but can I also, can I do blue for the sky? Or can I add some green for the grass? Yeah. And I'd have to reinstate, okay, we're using one color yes. plus black and white. 
you can do this. And it was a real struggle, but because of those constraints put around their project, they turned out so great. They were so proud of them. And they did stuff they've never been able to do before. That's right. I love this. This is really beautiful. You and I were talking about this earlier, that mm -hmm. constraint is oftentimes the thing that leads to creativity. Yeah. Or yeah. the constraint is oftentimes the thing that leads to production. Mm -hmm. We need boundaries in our life. Yeah. You know, and I just want to say that the rich and satisfying life of the kingdom of God, that it has actual constraints. And that those are good things. They're good things. Uh, we were talking about in this passage that the constraint here, the idea of a sheep pen or a sheep fold, mm -hmm. uh, that the constraints are what? It was for safety. It was it's for, for protection. safety. It's yeah. for protection. So, so there's all kinds of constraints in the Christian life. Like, what do we do with our money? Uh, what do we do with our bodies? Yeah. What do we do with our work and our vocation? And I think the kingdom has something to say to us about those. Mm -hmm. And at the beginning, we, we might feel like those are making our life smaller. But one of the things I've found after being alive for more than a minute is that it actually makes my life bigger. Right, and it's just like my students. At first, they always wanna push against those boundaries. They think my picture will be so much better if I just have full reign. Yeah. And it always turns out that they're, they're happier and more excited at the end of the project. That's right. Mm -hmm. Okay, uh, number four, uh, the rich and satisfying life of the kingdom is one of community. Uh, I hope you noticed this morning that when we were reading our passage, Jesus is saying, I got this sheep pen and it's got sheep in it. And I hope you noticed that every time that Jesus was talking about the sheep, he wasn't talking about sheep singular, but he was talking about sheep. Sheeps. Sheeps. Sheep plural, that's right. Every reference to sheep is a plural reference. And so part of what I hear in that is that the abundant life, uh, mm -hmm. the rich and satisfying life of the kingdom, it's the shared life. Like it's not the, it's not the solo life. Uh, it's not the even me and Jesus life, yeah. uh, but there's something about salvation. There's something about uh, the richness of the kingdom that can only be experienced with other people. And, and here's what I was thinking about when I was thinking about this section. I was thinking about how all of my best friends are here. Mm. You know, basically all of my very best friends in the whole world are people who come to this church. And I have some other friends who are kind of like best friends as well, who don't come to this church, but they're still, they're like Christians who are in Jesus' sheep fin. They would if they lived here, right? Oh, they would totally come here. Are you <laughs> kidding me? Yeah, but I realized that, that my best, my best yeah. buds are here, Yeah. you know? And, mm. and it's the thing that gives my life uh, joy and purpose and meaning mm -hmm. and um, vitality. Um, in fact, one of the things that I've laughed about a lot this week even I have a couple text threads, and I think I've mentioned that before in lots of sermons, how I've got these text threads with friends. Never ending. Never ending. But I have this one, it's a smaller text thread, but we've been texting this week, and we've been texting about something that we're bummed about. We were, we were texting, and we've been texting all week about it. We were texting about how we were bummed because this week we were supposed to be in New York City songwriting mm -hmm. together. And then we started thinking about when we were in New York City writing songs last year. And it was so fun. Like we wrote so many songs. We were in Midtown Manhattan. We were just experiencing a life that's so much different than, than Campbellsville, Kentucky. Mm -hmm. but, but at the end of it, I, as I was thinking about it, the thing that made it really, really awesome was that I got to do some of the things that I feel like I'm called and made to do, like write mm -hmm. songs, but I wasn't doing it alone. No, no, no I was doing it with, with my friends. Yeah. And so what is the rich and satisfying life of the kingdom? It's the one you share with actual people, mm -hmm. you know? Mm -hmm. That's the rich and satisfying life. Okay, number five. Mm. Number five. Uh, the other 
The other aspect of the rich and satisfying life is, the, is just what I'm calling presence. Mm. Uh, the one constant in this parable is, is the presence of the shepherd. The shepherd's always there. The shepherd is always there. Mm -hmm. And uh, if you've been a part of the vineyard for any period of time, I, I hope you know that one of our main values here at the church is the presence okay. of God. Yeah, that's it. Uh, at least for us here at the vineyard, when we talk about presence, what we mean is this. We mean the experience of God, you know? Not just that God uh, is an idea or not just even the theological idea that God is everywhere all the time, but, but that we could experience it. Yeah. And so in John chapter 10, Jesus is like, I got the sheep pen, it's got some sheep, I'm the shepherd, I'm the one who cares about them. Mm -hmm. And all the way through it, and even as Jesus begins to tell this parable more in verses 11 and following, the constant is that the sheep have the presence of the shepherd in their life. Yeah. And here's the thing. Culture will tell you, what did you say earlier? Culture will tell you that a rich and abundant life is what? Um, position and possessions. Position and possessions. Mm -hmm. But in the kingdom of heaven, it's presence. It's presence. It's the presence of the shepherd. It's that we can have Jesus in our life and not just the idea of Jesus and not just, you know, the story of Jesus in black and white, but the presence of yeah. the shepherd yeah. in our life. Mm -hmm. It's good. Yeah, I think we did it. <laughs> we did. I think we did. It's a pretty good sermon. <laughs> pretty good sermon. Hey, here's what I want to do this morning. I just want to leave you with one question, yeah. one question this morning. And I, I thought maybe this would be a great question for you to talk about with your family. And it's really, really, it's a really simple question. It's this, how have you experienced the care of Jesus in your life? Mm -hmm. How have you experienced the care of Jesus in your life? Either in the past or, or maybe presently, mm -hmm. how are you experiencing the care of Jesus in your life? And I know we have another song coming up. And so maybe some of you who are on the stream right now, maybe you want to think about that question. And why don't you just type out an answer and put it in the comments? Yeah. Yeah. Why don't you let us know? How are you experiencing the care of Jesus? Because honestly, one of the most fun things about watching this church stream is seeing all the comments and seeing all your friends pop on and say hi. And I thought, we thought this would be a great moment that we could share together. Yeah, so two things here. Yeah. Talk about it with your family, but before maybe even that, if you've got your phone with you or if somebody's like in charge of the computer, why don't you think of a time or a story when Jesus cared for you or the community of Christ cared for you. Why don't you just drop it in the comments? We want to read it. And then after this last song is played and the stream is no longer live and you're just drinking your coffee and eating your biscuits or whatever, why don't you talk with your family about a time that you experienced the rich and satisfying life of the kingdom, which is the care of the shepherd? Yeah. That'd be good. Great. Great. Hey, let me pray for you all, and then we'll, we'll move on to our benediction song. Jesus, we love you this morning, and we thank you for your care. We thank you for the way you watch over us. God, we thank you that you know us and that you know us by name, that you know us deeply. God, we thank you that you guide and that you direct us. God, we thank you that you hem us in with constraints, and we ask that you would teach us to say yes to your constraints. And God, we also thank you for the community of Christ that you have planted us in. But more than anything else, we say your presence is what matters. So God, would you amplify your presence in our life? Make us aware, let us know. Show up when we are, even when we're not expecting it, God. We ask that you would just, 
that you would be near us. And we pray this in the name of Jesus, who is the good shepherd and the only gate. Amen. Amen. Peace, church. Thanks again for stopping by the podcast of the Vineyard Church in Campbellsville, Kentucky. If you'd like to keep up with what's happening at the Vineyard, you can follow us on social media. Until next time.